Thank you, Brother Davies, and it's good to be here again this evening. And uh, it's been a long time since your pastor and uh, his wife were in Bible college with myself. It's sort of three years, didn't it's just went so quick, didn't it? And uh, all those years ago. But praise God that we're still going. And the sad thing is, as I think back to many of the young people that were there, where are they, brother? Where are they? What are they doing now? Spent three years at Bible college. And that's what I want to speak on tonight because we're speaking to young people and all young at heart as well. But when I think of all the people, all the young people, thousands of young people down in Victoria that have been through camps, where are they? And you can't say and we can't say that we might be one of those that go out and no longer follow the Lord. And so I speak tonight on the thought of regrets. Regrets. Think into the future with me now to the old age of myself and uh, others. I won't name anyone. <laughs> but those have been around for a long time. <clears throat> And we can think back of all the years of ministry, all the people that have come under our care as pastors. And it's with regret, regret sometimes we think. It's with rejoicing that we think of others. But where are they now? Young people, where will you be if the Lord should tarry in 40 years as we've been in ministry about that long? Where will you be? Will you still be as enthusiastic as you are tonight with the great singing and the, and the group here? It's wonderful to see, wonderful to hear and wonderful, wonderful to experience with you tonight. We've all done something that we've regretted in our life, have we not? Wished I didn't do it. Oh Lord, why did I do that? And because you're younger tonight and speaking to young people and young at heart, you don't have many regrets right now. You've got, as it were, a clean slate. You can paint the picture of your life and you can write your history as you live your life. But what about the regrets you could imagine you could have by the time you're 50, 60, 60 plus, and it goes on. I don't, there may be some older folk that are older than me here tonight. Proverbs 22, verse 3 tells us, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I know a saying, when I was young, a wise man learns at another man's mistakes, but a fool learns at his own. And so be wise, young people, and learn at other people's mistakes. Older people that can share their experience with you of what they wouldn't do if they had life again. I pray that each of you young people, should the Lord tarry, will one day be able to look back on your life and say, I have very few regrets. I don't think anyone can get to old age and say, I have no regrets. There are things that we do. We are in a mortal body. We, we are tempted to sin and at times we do sin and we confess our sin. Wouldn't you like to get to the end of your life and have no regrets? No regrets. Or few regrets. 
And tonight we're going to consider some of the things that we might regret. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5 and 8, or in those verses it reads this. Yes, turn there, we'll... 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 5 to 8. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your, thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand, said Paul to, to young Timothy. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly to me, for Demas hath forsaken me. He's loved this present world, and is departed to Thessalonica, Syrians to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Demas has forsaken me. Praise God for Timothy. Which one will you be when the story of your life is written? Regrets. Let's pray and ask the Lord to guide us in his word today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the folks that are here today. We thank you that you've given each one life, breath, health, and opportunity to understand who you are, to believe by faith on you, to have life imparted as a gift, eternal life. And I pray that we might, Lord, every one of us, use our life to your glory and be able to say with Paul, I have run the race. I've finished my course. Lord, bless the young people as they understand the concept of living a godly life all their life. Thank you for those that have started, those that are in the middle of the race, and thank you for those faithful ones that are at the end of the race. Bless the word, the challenge to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Paul said, I believe in Acts twenty twenty four, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy. I pray that we will be able to do that. I think back now and, and we'll be interwining some of a testimony of my life to the early days. Twelve years old, saved at a meeting in Essendon, Melbourne, through John Ridley's preaching the word of God at my uncle's church. Someone said that night, you'll never regret the decision you made. That's a lot of years ago. That's... 50 years ago, this year. Never have regretted the decision. Raised in a Christian home. Didn't go to a lot of church. Wasn't churches around like we have today. But when they did start, I was there. I couldn't, didn't have a licence, got there. Other people transported me there. Older people went to church. I was there for every meal, you might say. Prayer meeting, if I could get that, a lift there. When I got my own car, we had a, took a carload of teenagers down about 30 miles down into, into Melbourne to go to church. Challenged of the Lord. Young people, you've got your life ahead of you. Get into the word of God. 
Memorize the word of God. Hide the word of God in your heart. Let it guide you all your pathway. I can say, see, I can, I can look back. I'm old and grey now. Never thought I'd get here. I thought the Lord would come first. But he's hanging off and waiting for people to get saved. That's his motive. Waiting for people to repent. But I'm there. Been through a hard operation last year that I didn't think would happen to me. Open heart surgery and the follow-up and getting over that. Praise the Lord for the faithful church that stuck with us. But as a young fella, I started memorising scripture. I've got brothers and sisters, but they didn't follow that. Just the other day, one of the men in the church who was shot in Vietnam completed the New Testament in memorising it. And he's 70. What about you young people? What about hiding God's word in your heart? So that when you do, do face the challenges of life and the difficulties, you can face it with the word of God being used by the Holy Spirit in your life to help you through. At the age of 17, Dad said to me, you want to buy a farm? You want to buy a bulldozer? It's an option. I'll loan you the money. I opted for a bulldozer. I know I go past the farm often and wonder what would have happened if I'd gone that way. <laughs> and then got a job. It was 24 hours a day for three, three whole years. Had different drivers working for me, operators. And the Lord got things together so quickly. I did a turning and fitting apprenticeship, which I used to fix the bulldozer, and all of those things that go with it. Bible college, I think I started 19. I think I was 19 years old. Paid for the bulldozer, bought a new one. I don't know. The Lord was working. It wasn't me. Yeah, opportunities arose. And I look back and I say, praise the Lord for those things. By the age of 23, I think it was marriage, isn't that right, John? <laughs> Should remember those dates, shouldn't I? But it gets so long. <laughs> I think of the opportunities I could have had. Money. The, the people that I work with, my brothers and things of, like that, and cousins, they're multi-millionaires. But at 19, I said, I'm going to Bible college. The Lord laid it on my heart, reading through some books, some commentaries. Young people, read them. There's been books advertised tonight. Read them. Let God challenge your heart. Don't get to be an old man and... and, and oh, old lady, I don't like saying it that, like that, but an elderly person... <laughs> And say, I wish I had. Get old and say, I thank God I did. Make that decision early. And you make it early, God can guide and bless right through life. And by that age, 23, I, was, I believe it was assistant pastor up in Albury where we still are. 
I didn't go to Bible college to become a pastor. <laughs> I went to Bible college to learn more about God's word so I could help in a local church, which was Calvary Baptist Church in Melbourne. Don't get to be old and say, I wish I had. Do it now. Do it early. God will reward you. You know, what would you rather have? $10 million in the bank when you reach 60? Or one or two or a hundred souls going to heaven through your ministry? That's what really spoke to me as a young man. What's the worth of a soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? What does the Bible say about that? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I pray that you'll have a long-term look at your life, young people, because it's worth it. I can look back now and say, yes, it's been worth it. Oh, not financially and all of those, but spiritually. People that have been changed for eternity. People that will be in heaven because of the testimony that's been shared. What about you? You can make that difference. Think with me now about decisions you make and how that will affect you in the future. Did I trust Christ as my saviour when I had the opportunity? I'll, re I'll reference these with, you can look them up if you'd like to write them down. In the book of Hebrews 10, 26 to 31. Did I marry the person of God's choice? I did. <laughs> Praise God for Jill. How many young people have we seen, Brother Davies, that are, once were married and are not married anymore? It's prolific. It's everywhere. Will you be living with regrets in the future? Tears of people that have married and, and have separated and divorced. Years of loneliness. Years of struggle. Young people, make the right choice. Make the right choices. What about the job, the career? Understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 through 17 speak of that. I serve myself through life. Is that what you're going to say when you get to 60, 70 years old? Or I serve the Lord, I ministered for him and... Believe me, it takes no time to get to 60. Who's, who's 60 or over here tonight? How long did it take? It didn't... <laughs> it, seems, it seems like yesterday that that happened. Young people believe these older people that are saying this. It doesn't take long to get there. What are you going to do with life? For all eternity, the rewards will be those to those who give their life and surrender it to the Lord. It'll be worth it all we see. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Will you get old with regrets? I have 
people in their 70s who have said to me, men in their 70s who have said to me, God spoke to me when I was young about going into ministry, and they didn't. And they live a life of regret. The thing today, premarital relationships. Happening everywhere. Don't do it. Serve myself, not others. We mentioned that one. Failure to testify to other people. He that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls will shine like the brightness of the stars in the scripture. Opportunity to speak over the fence to your neighbour. Opportunity at work to speak to the, the fellas. I remember working alongside an airport. It was a crop duster and I was pushing up the stuff for him with a bulldozer down at Cadinia Creek Reservoir. And uh, there's a fellow there, a spotter, they called him, counting the loads that went out. And uh, I was determined to witness to him before the end of the day. And it seems each time I got off the bulldozers, I talked to him, that roaring engine of that aeroplane, because they really have no exhaust, it seems, would roar past and I couldn't talk to him. But by the end of the day, I did. He was one of the most foul-mouthed persons that I'd met. And I was only a young man of about 18. But sharing the word of God with a soul. Look... If all of us did that, once a week, just once a week, how many more people next year would know about the Lord Jesus? I'm not saying get saved, but at least know and have the opportunity to believe. Don't live a life of regrets and, and say, I wish I had, when you get to the age of retirement or whatever, I don't think the Christian really retires, do they? <laughs> we keep on testifying and ministering. <clears throat> Will you say in the future, I live for lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life? Young people, I can say, and the people I know who are millionaires now, you know what? They're not happy. They're not happy. It doesn't make you happy. You know, it'd be good to rub shoulders and say it rubs off on me. <laughs> But the, the, the money side, not the unhappiness side. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Praise God for those that do get rich and are rich in good works, as the scripture tells us as well. <clears throat> Today, I can tell you of people that were in churches that we were involved with, that are in prison. And they regret the decisions they've made. Young people, watch out. The devil wants to pull you apart and destroy your life and testimony. Will you in the future say, well, God blessed me with a marriage. God blessed me with children. And now they're all going to hell. I can count family after family where that is a situation. And Pastor Davis, your pastor knows of the camps at Murrindindi, the camps at Crystal Creek, and the camps we have down that way. And I've said it to the men and challenged them there. How many thousands of young people have we had going through here? But where are they today? Don't get old and say, I wished I had. Believe on the Lord. 
Trust in him. Read his word. Meditate in his word. Memorize his word. Live his word. The world is looking for young people and, and Christians that live the word of God. A sad, sad story. I live my... I've written this one down, living by myself through a broken marriage. What a regret to have. Because I didn't follow God's clear scriptural teaching. Look at Lot. He had so much that he had to separate from his brother, I mean his uncle Abraham. They went down to the well-watered plains (laughs) At the Jordan Valley. When I was driving up the Jordan Valley, I thought, why did Lot come down here? It's a mess. <laughs> I mean, it's washed out. There's, it, there's sort of mounds of soil where we went into, off the road, we went in, the, in there in like big gullies, and it's washed out as deep as this building. And you climb and scammer up there and pick up little white things. Put a match to them. It's uh, sulphur. <laughs> fire and brimstone that came down still there what a mess that's where he went down to lot lost the lot he came out with his two daughters and that's all and they committed incest with him and you have the the two nations as it were that began from them from him or from that relationship with of incest Ammon and Moab. Thorn in the side of Israel. Living in a cave. You talk about cavemen. Lot became a caveman from being a very rich person. You see where you go if you go away from the Lord? The downhill path that you tread if you do not trust and believe the word of God. Praise God that he does keep his promises. He does provide for your needs if you surrender to him. I think of Jacob. The wasted years of Jacob before he had the wrestling match with the Lord and surrendered. Don't be like that. Young people commit yourselves when you're young. At 12 years old, as I said, I got saved. From that point on, I started memorising the scripture. Memorising the New Testament. And at church with the men, it sort of wasn't really a competition, but we, it was. <laughs> Men's breakfast time. Out with your verses. Have you done a chapter this week? Hide God's word in your heart. It'll keep you from sinning. And if you do are tempted to sin, what, what comes to your mind? What does the Holy Spirit use? The word of God. But Jacob wasted many years. All those years he could have been ministering, cheating and swindling, as he did. I think of Solomon. He's said to be the wisest man that ever lived. Remember the story of Solomon. But what what book in the Bible is a record of Solomon's sad regrets as he grew older? The book of Ecclesiastics. Let's go there for a little bit. See what he said about about a life that he wished he'd done instead of what he did do. 
Ecclesiastics and just covering a few. Verse 3 of chapter 1. What profit hath the man of all his labour which he had taken under the sun? Verse 8. All things are full of labour. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear with, filled with hearing. I know people who have grown up, who have got things together, got things together, accumulated things, and, and now they're serving the things. They're labouring for the things, instead of living life for the Lord. Full of labour. Full of labour. If you... I, look, I don't know your situation. And I, if this fits, then the cat fits where it. You get something, you buy your house, I want something bigger, I want something bigger. You're out there fixing it. On Sunday, you're not at church. On Sunday, you're fixing it, mowing it, cutting it, trimming it. Or doing something to keep that thing which you've got. And then eternity rolls on and you'll look back and say, why did I do that? Why did I spend my life for that which is not important? That which is only temporal and not eternal. He went through this. Chapter 1, verse 9. The thing that hath been, it, it is, and that which shall be, that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is... No new thing under the sun. Verse 13. And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This serveth travail, hath got, this severe travail hath God given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. What about things like verse 14 I have seen all the works that are done under the sun and behold all is vanity and vexation of spirit all these things there's another verse there that speaks of witty inventions I put mobile phones under that I see young people with Phones, when they first came out, I don't know if they still do it, there wasn't a whole lot of them around and they'd walk down the street, I don't know if they were pretending to talk or talking on the phone. And they thought they were cool. They thought they were someone. And I thought, if they really understood, they're just using something that somebody has invented. The somebody is the one that invented it, not the person that's using it. And how these things can, can get us away. How, I can't understand how a person can be hooked on a, on a mobile phone and like they're going to die if they don't have it in their pocket. My mobile phone is often lost in the car or on the bulldozer or in the bedroom. It, it doesn't affect me if I, doesn't ha I don't have it. Young people, don't let these technologies get a grip on you so you can't let them go. Use the things instead of let th letting them use you. There's a verse, and I can't put my finger on it or eye on it right now, of witty inventions. He gave himself to myrrh and to laughter. In chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2, I said to my heart, Come now, I will test thee with myrrh. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of myrrh, what doth it? 
And here as he goes through these things, read it for yourself, all these things that he came across and that he did, and it didn't satisfy him. He talks of servants. In fact, verse 6, it reads, I made pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. And I thought, oh no, I'm in here too. I made pools of water. <laughs> and I don't know how many thousands of dams I've built, but I've made pools of water. But I didn't water because it was somebody else's dam. And uh, they watered and brought forth trees that supply Australia with fruit trees and things like that. And uh, all this vanity and vexation of spirit. One day, all these things, all that we have, what's going to happen to it all? It's not going to get burnt up. Not discouraging you from living in a house or something, at least that have your, have your needs met. But let's not get entangled and controlled by the things that God has blessed us with. Let us use them rather for his glory. Musical instruments and singing, chapter 2, verse 8. Gold, silver and riches, chapter 2 and verse 8. How many wives did he have? 700 and 300 concubines. Now, I've got four children. When they were home, one of them did something wrong. I would start at the top and get to the one that was... It's you. <laughs> How on earth did he remember their names? <laughs> Wouldn't that be embarrassing? You're my wife. I don't know your name. I mean, I mean one. One for life. Isn't that what the Bible says, Pastor? Good. 300. And he tried to satisfy himself. But all the time he said, vanity, vanities. All is vanity. These things have a way of coming and disappearing quickly. Think of Esau. A man who grew old with regrets. Turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12 and verse 16 and 17. lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Young people, I have seen hundreds of people, my peers, and when I grew older, younger people, who've sold their birthright for a bowl of pottage. They sold out for the flesh. They sold out to the devil. They sold out to the world. And now they live a, a life of regret. For you know how afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Tears of regret because he made the wrong decision, chose the wrong path. And I would, it would be wonderful if every young person in this building could get to be an older person should the Lord tarry in and say, I have no regrets. I made the right decisions. I obeyed my parents. I got involved in a local church. You remember at Calvary Baptist Church when it was about 40 miles away, uh, uh, whatever that is in kilometres. I don't speak in miles all the time. But uh, my, car, my old Tirana is still in miles and 
so I can I can understand what a mile is. But uh, going going down to Calvary Baptist and taking a whole group of young people, let's go to church tonight. Let's go to youth group tonight, and go down there where Pastor Couch was. And you were pastor there for a while. I wasn't there then. I was up in in Lavington. As uh, but whether it be Sunday morning, Sunday evening, going there one youth group night and going past the Cadini Creek Reservoir, bang, the windscreen went. You know, they used to shatter into little bits. Got that fixed. Going next Sunday, Saturday night, what happened? Same place, same time, bang, another windscreen. <laughs> I think the, the devil was trying to discourage me from getting young people to go to listen to God's word. Don't live a life of regrets. Say that even though there was opposition... I served the Lord. I followed the Lord. I sought the Lord. I remember being in a a camp thing where we were burning the whole interior of the a dam that they'd built for Melbourne's one of Melbourne's reservoirs, and they had this wagon they towed around the bulldozers. And uh, I was only very young. I was just just turned eighteen at the time. And <clears throat> you go into the crib hut. Now, you, you fellas are out there working with people. You go into the crib hut. What's in the crib hut? What's in the place you eat your, your meal? You don't want to know. And then in there they'll talk. All unsafe people. Foul as. So I, as a young person, say, I'm going to sit outside. <laughs> and someone else come out with me. Though he was unsaved, yet he come out. And then the criticism started. <laughs> And praise God, there was people there that stood up who were unsaved, older men, said, he's right, you're wrong. Take a stand for God. It's not easy, but do it. Esau lost so much. He ended his life in bitterness. Look at Asphur. Turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73 and I can feel exactly, and you may, if you experience life a little, what he felt. Psalm 73, verses 1 to 3. Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, but their strength, it seems. Well, I'm adding that. Their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasses them about like a chain. Violence covereth them with like a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. They are corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. Their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return thither. And the waters of a, of a full cup are wrung out of them. And they say, how doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain, said the psalmist as for here, and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. 
If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Thinking of the unsaved people, and it seems that they are having a merry life, they are enjoying riches, they are getting everything their way. It's too painful for me to think about this, he said, until, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. That makes a whole lot of difference. <laughs> That's one thing when I was a young person, as you can believe it or not, I was young one day. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> but as a, as a young person, thinking of growing old and thinking of the things that happen in life, a young person, I, I don't know, but God gave me a mind to think into the future, <laughs> to think of what in the future? And I understood their end. And this is what the psalmist understood. He understood their end. What is the end of an unsafe person? Though he gains all the world, what does it profit a man if he gains all the world and loses his own soul? Simple teaching, but profound if we understand and believe and behave it. Surely, Thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down to destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. Praise God that that's not the, the way of the Christian. The way of the believer. The way of the one walking with the Lord. Understand their end. Understand the end of these things. Read the Bible and know about it. Listen to the pastors that you have as your spiritual leaders and listen to what they say from the word of God. Imagine Agrippa now, who said in Acts 26, 28, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. If he didn't believe after that time, where has he been for almost 2,000 years? in hell and what would he be wanting to do if he could come back and have another go don't go out of this life without believing on the Lord Jesus Christ living in hell with eternal regrets imagine standing before the almighty God on the day of judgment as a Christian with some lame excuse Oh Lord, you didn't make it easy for me, so I had to go the easy path of life. Imagine the loss and regret at the loss of reward, as 2 John verse 8 tells us. Look to yourselves that you lose not those things that we have, we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. If I can get a full reward, what, what does it mean I also can get? A not full reward. Is that bad English? I'm a farmer, I mean. <laughs> Why, well, off a farm, not a farmer, no. Are you going to get a full reward? You think of Paul and his life, as he run the race and we read it earlier. I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to meet my God. He didn't have the regrets. Oh, well, yes, he did have some regrets, didn't he? <laughs> About what he did before he became a Christian. Hailing men and women to prison. 
and all the pain that he put them through. But praise God for the life he lived. We might say the ten lives he lived in the time that he had left after he became a Christian. God used him mightily. Imagine the joy of entering heaven and hearing the Lord say, what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Look at me, look with me to Hebrews 11 and verse 26. Hebrews 11 and verse 26. And I preached a sermon just on this little verse when we're going through the book of Hebrews. Reading from verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And just on that little phrase at the end of verse 26, he had respect unto the recompense of of the reward. He considered eternity. He considered being with God. He considered the cost of going the way of the Egyptians and enjoying all the pleasures of this life against that which he would have if he served God and ministered for God. And what did he choose? He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. What are you going to choose? What is it going to be in the future? You know us? Older fellas are getting older quicker, it seems. Years are going faster, aren't they? I, I can't look, and, and I, I might be accusing people of being old. Who, who thinks they're old? Come on, some of the pastors, put up your hands. <laughs> Pastor Davies, you, I can pick on you. Fellow Bible college student. <laughs> this morning I thought it was getting old, you know. <laughs> Memory loss. I put it down to the heart. The other day I went to the doctor last week because I could hear in my head every heartbeat. After the heart operation, going to the boom, to the boom, to the boom, 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 boom. Goes twenty, and then it goes to the boom, boom. So I'm dying. <laughs> this is just last week. But uh, he said you're all right. <laughs> okay, don't need anything. No, you just keep booming away. <laughs> but you know, when when you get old, when you get older. And you look at the young people, and praise God for all the young people here tonight. Praise God for the parents that have brought the young people here tonight, or have young people in your home. You've got opportunity to serve God, to spend your life for him, and to bring him the glory. Imagine with me, standing before the Lord of the universe. Get a picture of God in your heart and mind and answering to the creator of everything for what you've done with your life. We're going to, folk, we're going to. What's 
going to be your answer. I pray that it might be that you do it with joy and not with grief. You're able to do that with joy. And as I think back, and I believe I mentioned it earlier with your pastor, Pastor Davies and myself, where did you sit? You were that side, weren't you? At Bible College? There and there. And uh, Jill was there and I was here. Three years. That's where we sat. (laughs) And there were 30 others. Where are they? That is sad. But praise God for the few. Praise God for the faithful. Praise God for those that continue. Praise God for a pastor that has continued here for how many years? 29 years. Thank God for that. That someone takes a stand. It costs. It costs. I know what it costs. I can look at my own brothers and I know what it costs. They've got a lot of stuff. I've got a house. Praise God. (laughs) Got a place to live in. But it's worth it. That old song we sing, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It'll be worth it all. Might be tonight, we'll see him. Face to face, I shall behold him. What a moment, what a day. And always put yourself there facing the Lord, giving an account of what you've done with the talents he's given you. Have you used them for his glory? I pray that you do. Young people, stick at it. Stay with your church. Listen to your parents. Listen to the teachers and the pastors that God God has given you. So that you might stand where I am when I'm dead and gone and your pastor's dead and gone. If the Lord should tarry and you'll be there filling the pulpit, leading young people, driving the bus, teaching Sunday school and ministering in your local church until he comes. Thank you.